WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Break the wall! Break down the walls! Today is National French Friday. When I die, French fries will definitely be listed among the causes of death. You know what's overkill? Talked about it before a bit. It's overkill when you get a Primani sandwich and you get fries on the side. A ton of fries are already on the sandwich and you get fries on the side. That is overkill. It defines overkill. French fries are so delicious and so bad for you. They're the Faustian bargain of food. All the salt, all the grease. Every single fry you eat is a couple of seconds you get to live. And yet we keep eating them because they are so good. Those Kennywood Park fries, wow. If you want to commit suicide, eat about five orders of Kennywood Park fries at one sitting. Your arteries will turn into granite. Kennywood Park fries are the Hiroshima bomb of French fries. Kennywood Park, the Dirty O, Romani's, Five Guys, Wing Hearts. McDonald's, like Bob says, all delicious, all deadly. The very best of salty, slow-acting poison. Hey, French fries, I will see you later on tonight. But right now, guess what? You just made the list. That's the truth. They're so good but they're so bad for you. Uh, Papa John's Pizza is just going straight to hell since Papa John Schnatter. Well, he really can't give it away on 7th Avenue because now the New York Yankees have suspended their relationship with Papa John's. He already, I mean, did they get totally uninvolved with the NFL after the players started taking a knee or was there a lesser sponsorship? I think Pizza Hut jumped right in there. But, uh, but Papa John, they're taking his likeness, too, off the pizza box. There's not going to be any pizza box to put his likeness on because this just is going to put Papa John's out of business. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Liverpool signed a player today, Zerdan Shakiri from Stoke City. He's little. He looks a bit rotund, but he's solidly built. Had a great World Cup for Switzerland, so... Welcome aboard Zerdan Shakiri. I think that's how you pronounce it. Zerdan Shakiri. 412-333. Oh, somebody just tweeted that Bar Louie has loaded tots. I'm a big fan of loaded tots, so I don't know. I might just go out tonight and eat tots at like 15 different places and collapse in a heap. Really, it's been a long time coming. 412. 412- 333-9939 is the number to call. The Mark Madden Show here on 105.9 The X. That, that Steeler talk about people just thinking the Steelers are going to finish the job this year. The Patriots are still the Patriots, at least kind of. They lost some components, but they still got Gronk. They still got Brady. They're still going to be tough as heck to beat. And uh, the Steelers haven't improved. You could say, oh, they lost the one game to Jacksonville. That was a fluke. I don't know that it was a fluke. I do think they could beat Jacksonville. Then again, they lost twice to them just last year. 
I don't know, the optimism that they'll do better than last year, as good as last year I can see, and that's a crap division still, although Cleveland will be better. Pac-Man Jones might start punching everybody out. Who knows how the Bengals will be. The Baltimoreans, I think they're in in steady, if slight, decline. So, yeah, the winning the division again, I could see, but number one seed, like Colin Coward says, I don't know. Getting past Jacksonville and or New England, and I'll tell you what, too, everybody says, look out for the L.A. Chargers this year. I think the Steelers are going to be right in the hunt, but number one seed, like Coward says, to get to the Super Bowl, I don't know. I don't know about that. They've not improved their team. Until they improve their team or they go to camp and play some games, exhibitions first couple weeks, and we see they're better, we see where they've improved, I don't think they have a lot of room for improvement. I think they're so good in some areas and not good enough to improve in others, although that that pro football focus rating the the Steelers, well, Ponce and Foster in particular is poor. I don't get that. Those guys, Ponce's great, Foster's pretty good. But then again, we knew that. They were good last year, that O-line. The offense was good. Ben Bell and Brown, they were good. Nobody replaced Shazier. Not after he got hurt last year and not moving forward into this season. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Pirates won last night. Nobody cares about that. A 13-pitch at bat was the big baseball highlight on SportsCenter. True, it ended in a grand slam, but I just don't want to see People fouling pitches off ad nauseum. Look at it this way. We got uh, Mark Pulisic on on later this hour to talk about his son Christian, who plays for the U.S. national team and Borussia Dortmund. Don't forget that game is at Heinz Field, Dortmund against Benfica on July 25th. Now, for those of you who think soccer's boring, let me tell you something. No soccer game has ever been as boring as a 13-pitch at-bat. That's absolutely impossible to be more boring than a 13-pitch at-bat. And that's the highlight on SportsCenter. Baseball, I don't know. Since the stat geeks took over and all that crap started being embraced, it's one thing for it to be a part of the analysis. It's another thing. Like, like batting coaches now... Coach hitters to foul the ball off to work deep into the count and get the other guy's pitch count up. Maybe that's the right thing to do. It is not exciting. Now, what is exciting if you watch baseball and eat French fries? A lot of French fries. That is exciting. 412-333-9939. The third place game in the World Cup is more exciting than a 13-pitch at bat. They should have like a fifth-place game in the World Cup, a seventh-place game. Have like a 32nd-place game. The U.S. might yet get something. Or not. We had two calls they hung up. I guess they want to talk about 13-pitch at-bats. I'm serious. I'm watching ESPN this morning. They show the 13-pitch at-bat. Mookie bets. I saw four pitches. Foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, married with children rerun. And not even much of a decision-making process on my part. Let's go to Wade in the car. Wade, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing, bud? What up? Good. Hey, listen, I think one thing about the secondary you're missing is that it's going to be better by addition by subtraction because Mike Mitchell's not there anymore. 
okay, who's going to play in his place? Do we know that yet? The guy couldn't tackle. Okay, let one, me, maybe you can ignore the question it. on some other shows, but you can't hear. Who's going to replace him? The guy from Green Bay they signed. Or the rookie they just drafted. Oh, the rookie they just drafted. Hey, you know what? That Burnett guy, if he slots in, yeah, I, I guess technically he slots in there. He's pretty good, and Mitchell is bad, but, but bro, they got Cam Sutton switching from cornerback to safety. They decided they don't like Sean Davis anymore. It might be better, but it might not be good enough at safety. Although, you know what, Burnett, rave reviews from everybody. At Green Bay, here in Pittsburgh, Tom Bradley, everybody raving about Morgan Burnett. Hey, speaking of Tom Bradley, I'm on my way taking my son back to Penn State. Okay. Not sure where that figures in. Let's go to Key in the car. Key. Who's Key? Key. Okay, Key hung up. Eh, just as well. Let's move on. Yeah, people like, like when when Morgan Burnett, I think he's going to be good. Cam Sutton switching position. They don't like Sean Davis. I always hate when somebody says, well, he's got to be better than the guy who's not there. Sometimes he's not. Mark Pulisic up at the bottom of the hour to talk soccer, USA soccer, and Pittsburgh Riverhound soccer, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hi, Dylan, how are you? We got the clap, can't be beat, got it off the back of a toilet seat. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, going to talk soccer with Mark Pulisic, father of Christian, Riverhound's assistant coach. And boy, what a start they're off to. Eight wins, seven draws, one loss. They've only got seven goals in 17 games, and, and really that's where where success uh, certainly starts. So uh, we'll have him on in just a few moments. Uh, Christian will be in town with Brisha Dortmund. That's against Benfica July 25th at Heinz Field. So soccer fans look forward to that. We've got the World Cup third place game tomorrow, then the final on Sunday. Uh, I saw a thing on Twitter. Somebody's talking about stupid sports traditions. And a couple people brought this up. I don't know if I've told this story or not, but in NHL locker rooms, they have the logo of the team on the carpet in the middle of the dressing room. And if you walk on it, you get abused. Well, reprimand is probably a better way to put it, unless you do it consistently. If you walk on the logo, you get you get some sticks. So... I think it's kind of dumb, but I get it. That's like a lot of sports traditions. Kind of dumb, but I get it. And the Penguins had a guy back in 06, 07, named Ronald Petrovitsky, who is, uh, I forget, Slovak, or I think he's Slovak. That kind of jibes with the, with the name. But uh, he was like a fourth-line winger. But he was a really tough guy. Oh, he's Czech from Czechoslovakia. Petro was was a fourth-line winger, but he's really tough. Not fighter tough, but just a bitter, hard-nosed type of tough hockey player. And he didn't believe in the tradition of not walking on the logo. And he would just walk on the logo. And, and one day, I think it was Ryan Whitney says to him, Hey, Petro, don't walk on the logo. And he goes, That's stupid. Shut up. And and Wits goes, Well, okay. Because Petro would have killed him. So, uh are there any traditions like that in sports where it's it's a tradition and people observe it and you get it, but 
it's done. Your thoughts at 412-333-WXDX. We've also been talking about, and boy, it really is nice to do a talk show that has a positive spin to it because we've been talking about how bad baseball stinks and how it's unwatchable. Here's a pretty basic cliched question until we talk soccer at the bottom of the hour, but how would you improve baseball? There are so many ways to just save time, and they don't seem interested in adopting any one of them, let alone enough of them to make the game more watchable, to fit it into a more reasonable time slot. Oh, by the way, Petro was Slovakian. He was born in Czechoslovakia when it was one country before the Iron Curtain fell. I'm not much for history. Let's go to Gray in West Newton. Gray, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Okay, we apparently lost the calls. We've lost the or the phone shut down. Well, whoever's on hold, put them on the show. I don't care who it is. What's your name? Hello? Mark. Yeah, what's your name? Nick. Hi, Nick. Hey, so I wanted to go two-part. One is a baseball tradition, and one is the, the best part of baseball right now. Okay. Uh, so baseball tradition is uh, hopping over the, the lines coming onto the field. Touching the lines. Well, that's more superstition, and nobody gets chapped if you don't observe that. What else you got? So the second thing is best part of baseball, and a buddy of mine sent me a picture of him in a game. I forget which game it was, but they now have drinks that uh, you can put your food around the top. So the container for the food sits around the top. Yeah, that's just stupid. Let's go to Josh and Beaver. Josh, you're on to Mark Madden, so. Yeah, what up, man? What up, man? Hey, I just uh, I miss the days of seeing seeing like coaches come out and kick dirt all over the umpire's shoes and people getting ejected from the game, spitting chew tobacco all over. Why did you find that entertaining? That that delayed the game even further. Well, I mean, it, it gives you a little bit of energy throughout the game. You know what I mean? It, I, I yeah, like I, I, I don't miss that at all. Although I am disappointed that the time it takes to institute and check replay is roughly equivalent in some games, even more so to the amount of time that was taken up by the manager arguing with the umpire. Let's go to Rob in the car. Rob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Hey, I was uh, thinking, why don't they get rid of some of the relief pitchers? You know, they bring in a guy in for one batter, then they take him out. There's a couple minutes each time that happens. So you're suggesting make a minimum amount of batters each relief pitcher has to face? No, just... You can only have, say, three relievers during a game. Yeah, what if somebody gets hurt? Three. Well, then I guess you'd have a substitution reliever. Yeah, but then you'd have the fakery, people feigning injury. I think there should be a minimum amount of batters that a relief pitcher has to face upon entering the game. And I oh, guess you could fake injury then, too. And I, I would make an exception. In the ninth inning, I would, I would, I would let the team specialize for righty-lefty if they prefer and stuff like that, although most teams just go with the same closer regardless of righty-lefty in the ninth inning. But I, I do agree. Any way to get less relief pitchers in, by extension, less pitching changes uh, done, that would be good. Let's go to Dave and Churchill. Dave, you're on with Double M. Question about Matt Murray's gloved hand. Now, if it doesn't get any better... It's fine. He won two it, Stanley Cups with it. What do you mean doesn't get any better? 
What well, do you, Glenn like Hall's not blunt? And they, they were all shooting at his glove, and it was going over. If it gets worse, would they, and Jari gets better, would they consider putting Jari in there? No, I think they would make Murray catch with the other hand. Let's see if that works. Bro, you asked a stupid question. Matt Murray, he has glove hands terrible. I wonder if he wears one or two Stanley Cup rings on that hand. Let's go to uh, Nathaniel in the car. Nathaniel, you're on with Double M. You're on the air. Hey, Mark. Hey, so what my thoughts were on the hockey, so one of the traditions that's always got me is uh, not touching uh, either the, the, the Eastern Conference or Western Conference trophy. To me, embrace the tradition, or embrace the you know the race for the cup and things like that. I mean, obviously, we've seen teams that haven't touched it. Well, the Penguins did touch it in '16 and '17 because they exactly. didn't. Exactly. What? No, I'm sorry. They they didn't touch it in '08, so they yep. touched it in '09 and they won the cup. And now their tradition is to touch it. I always say that yep. the uh, thank you for the call. I always say the uh, the the playoff beard tradition is stupid because it's supposed to be good luck, but every team grows the beard and 15 lose. So for 15 teams, it's unlucky. Up next, we'll talk soccer, the River Hunts, Christian Pulisic with his dad, Mark Pulisic of the River Hunts. I think mom's here, too. We'll see if we can get her to come in here as well. 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big fan. get a bunch of dorks, dinks, and twits. Is this Mark Madden? My mouth is watering just talking about it. The X at 105.9. My guest right now in studio is the assistant coach of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and his son is America's number one soccer player. He is Mark Pulisic. Uh, Mark, we'll talk about your son visiting Pittsburgh with uh, with Borussia Dortmund on July 25th for a game with Benfica. But let's talk Riverhounds for a second first. Uh, the transformation is remarkable this year. It was a non-playoff team last year. This year, uh, eight wins, seven draws, one loss, just seven goals allowed in 17 matches. What have you and Bob Lilly, the head coach, done to turn the team around to that degree? It, it's it's quite remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable to a lot of people in this area. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, Bob's been in the, in the league for many years, and he's he's only one. I mean, I don't think he's ever not been in the playoffs. So um, he's 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 very good. He knows the league very well, and uh, you know, being with him now for two years, I think we make a good team and. You know, we're holding guys accountable. You know, we have a good group of guys. We have more than just 10, 11 guys that can play or start. We have a, a, a group that's hungry and a group that every day in training fights for their spots and, and, uh, and, and want to be a part of our success here in Pittsburgh. Now, the River Hans League, the USL, is essentially a triple-A league, one step under the MLS. What goes into coaching players at that level, Mark, who by definition have a flaw of some sort or they'd be in MLS? Yeah, I mean, we have some guys that were in the MLS, or or definitely have the the we feel have the capabilities to hopefully right, one probably day get will there. be. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's you know it's it's a matter of growing as a player, you know, understanding and 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 being better each each uh, each training session and and really buying into what our philosophy is as as uh, as as coaches and as a team, and then. You know, if they buy in and we're successful and they play well, uh, that's what's going to propel them. Um, so, you know, it's it's really, you know, it's a team effort, and, and the guys that shine through that will hopefully get a chance. How do you allow just seven goals in 17 matches? That 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 right there has the foundation for your success written all over it, right? Well, to be honest, we've had a lot of luck. <laughs> that's you know, good, too. It's good, too. It's important, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we've gotten some bounces, uh, and uh, but... 
but for sure as a team we defend very well and i think uh you know, we don't rely on our, our, our backs, our back four, or back five, or our midfield players. You know, it starts from the front runners working harder and defending as a group of 10 and 11. So um, it's just, just good team defending. Let's talk about your son, Christian, and, and your lovely wife and Christian's mother sitting right here. We may coerce her into talking at some point. Uh, Kelly Pulisic, but uh, you're a soccer lifer, played college and pro. Your wife played in college, so you know what you're seeing. When did you first realize, how old was Christian when you said, you know what, our son's a phenomenon? That, that's, that's the question that's asked every day to me. <laughs> it's a tough one. We, we, we never thought that. I mean, you know, you just raise a kid and you love him and you, you support him. And, and you know, we, we obviously knew he, he was an athletic boy and, you know, he was good at all sports. And uh, he just was a very focused young kid, you know. I mean, he just was very driven to be the best, even at six, seven years old. And uh, we knew that by just seeing him playing on his own outside and not needing structure. You know, it was just fun for him to be around the ball. So Now, now Christian spent the majority of his childhood uh, when you guys were living in Hershey, PA. What was his developmental process like there? And, and how much did you uh, individually work with him growing up? I coached a lot of his teams because that was my job. And, you know, I, I was working at a, at a U.S. Soccer Developmental Academy, the PA Classics. So um, I, I was I was around him a lot, you know. Um, and whenever he would ask questions or want to go out in the backyard, of course, um, of course, I uh, um, would, would go and help him. But, uh, uh, you know, it was never something that he... You know, w- would constantly ask me. It was something he wanted to do on his own, and and uh, it's just really something that's that. Like I said, it, it doesn't sound like a Todd Marinovich situation, like uh, like you were micromanaging or anything like that. No, no, not at all. That's good because those don't work out. As, no, as we're both aware. It, it, it does not work out at all. So you know, we didn't we didn't do the the, the two or three teams or the private lessons or, um, unfortunately. I hate to say it, but you know, a lot of people do do that, and it, it's it's just something that for me um, is is not going to really truly um, make someone love the game and and really excel at the game. Now, Christian signed with Borussia Dortmund in the German league at sixteen. How tough is it for you and your wife to let him go to Germany at that age, even though you know it's what's best? And I would like to hear what mom has to think about that because mom might have been a bit more sensitive to that. I'm thinking. with him so it was more of separating the family was more of a an issue so it was difficult very difficult we knew that it was going to be tough a lot of tears on lots of ends you know my daughter um, and my son and you know just separating the family but we knew that was really what the right thing to do was to better his career uh, now you went to Dortmund how long were you over there and uh, you you coached in their academy I think for yes a while, right yes I worked there for two and a half years and uh you know, Christian started at U17, and, and you know, he was only 16 when he first went over there, so I helped him kind of get through those first few years, and, um, you know, it was, it was, there were some ups and downs, obviously, you know, learning a new language, being put in a school that, you know, that's not an English-speaking school, and uh, so he had some definite uh, um, hurdles, and, and uh, you know, he came through them pretty good. Now, Christian's a regular with Dortmund at 19, has been for a couple years, which is impressive. What about the situation in Dortmund and the German league suits him. Why has he responded so well to that situation in particular? Uh, 
you know, it's 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 hard to say because I think you know I think his mentality is pretty good. I think in any league he would have excelled. I I just think he's that driven. You know, um, to say the German league suits his style uh, is I'm not really prepared to say that. I think just his ability as a as a winger. Um, and his athleticism and his pace and his knowledge well, of the right. game. His, his motor would make him, I think, a success anywhere. He just goes and goes he's, and goes. He, he's, he's got a pretty good engine, but, you know, he combines that with his technical ability and his, his awareness of the game. So um, hopefully, you know, down the road, if he's in any other leagues, um, he'll continue to, to develop and show that. Well, what do you think his next step's going to be? In? And what's it like to have teams willing to pay tens of millions of dollars for your son? Because that's, that's not far away, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you hear rumors all, you know, there's rumors all the time. So, you know, obviously, you know, you just kind of go with the flow and, you know, we have our own, our own closed uh, networking system that, that my son and me and, and his agent, we work together and talk about what's best for Christian and his development. And, you know, that, that's the most important with my wife, you know, that we have our, our, our little group that, that we know what's best for Christian. And, and when those times come, we'll make the proper decision for him. We're talking to Mark Prilisic, assistant coach for the River Hans and father of Christian Prilisic. Don't forget he's in town with Brisha Dortmund. They play Benfica on Wednesday the 25th at Heinz Field as part of the International Champions Cup. Uh, what makes Christian good? What separates him from other players? I know you're his dad, but uh, you're a soccer guy. You kind of you know got into that a little bit a moment ago. What specifically makes him elite? I mean, you first, you just you're born with a certain amount of talent. You know, and and he was given given some good genes. You know, I'll say little, George Mason, both of you soccer yeah, players. Yeah, we both played, and you know, he both he, good players. We, I was all right. I don't know about her, but <laughs> no, but we. I mean, it's just he he was born with a certain amount of of talents, and 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 then we just helped nurture his love for the game. You know, and you don't know how it's going to turn out. You know, there's a lot of good young players everywhere. Um, you got to have that inner drive, and and and, and there's just something different about him as a young player. Now, uh, he gets fouled a lot. Takes a lot of discipline to play through some of what he takes. What, like when he was a kid, obviously he was targeted. I'm sure because he was the best player. That's something he's used to by now. I'm sure. Yeah, he's used to. I mean, as you know, as parents, we still cringe because he's playing against players that are men and much bigger and stronger. And um, but he's a pretty smart kid, and he's he's pretty quick and. And he knows how to take challenges the right way, and and hopefully just you know knock on wood, his his health will continue. Well, he doesn't get bullied either. Like he he doesn't back down from some of that stuff either. No, no, he's a pretty tough kid, and you know he's learning he's learning now even at the international level how difficult it could be playing against teams as you know in World Cup qualifiers and things like that. So he's definitely gaining experience at a young age. Um, how often do you see Christian play in person? Obviously, you saw him a lot when you were working with Dortmund. But now you're here in Pittsburgh. It's got to be great for both you two to have him coming here to play on the 25th, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't get to see him as much as my wife now. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm always watching every game. You know, they're all televised on Fox. So it's uh, it's great that I have that. And, uh, you know, I'll get to a few games around November, December time and, and spend a month or so in Dortmund. And, uh, but we're excited to have him come here on July 25th. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting night. It's it's going to be two great teams playing, and hopefully we can get some people out there and, and encourage them to come see the game, but also then become uh, Riverhounds fans. You know, it's some great stuff over at Highmark Stadium, and uh, you know we're winning, and and uh, it's very exciting, and you'll see a group of hungry guys. 
What's it like at Dortmund? Because, uh, you know, I know the atmosphere bleeds over on TV pretty well. It, it just looks like a scintillating place to play and just to, to, to be a member of Dortmund in front of that. What do they call it? The yellow wall? The yellow wall, yeah. Yeah, they have a standing room of 30,000, um, you know, diehard fans. So that's one behind one goal. And it's just uh, beer flying everywhere and just crazy <laughs> craziness you know and then the rest of you know this this stadium holds a total of eighty three thousand, and they're full every weekend um there's never an empty seat in the house and uh you know and any true fan of the game um should one day get out to germany and see dortmund and get to that stadium it's definitely a once in a lifetime what what's it like for you two to go over there in that atmosphere and see your son at 19 involved that that has to be the greatest feeling in the world right yeah Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it, you know, we got to remember his first game was at 17. So I was right. I was fortunate enough to be there for his first game at 17 in front of 83,000 people. And that's just something I'll never forget. Now, how tough is it for him and for you guys, for all of us, really, to watch the World Cup without the U.S. in it? I mean, the U.S. team not qualifying was quite a shock. And, uh, you know, obviously he's 19. There'll be more opportunities, but uh, a bit of an opportunity loss for him as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've we tried to put that in the past. Unfortunately, we keep getting reminded of it, that they didn't make the World Cup. But it's 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 the true fact. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, U.S. soccer can get their act together and get some good people in charge and coaching And and uh, because there was absolutely no reason why the U.S. should not have qualified. You know, it was there for the taking, and I think some just some bad management decisions were made. Is it a lot of pressure on a 19-year-old kid to carry the soccer hopes of America because – that's the perception that Christian Pulisic will lead us to where we've always wanted to go, and he's only nineteen. Yeah, but but true people who understand the game right. understand that that's that's not going to happen. You know, he he's a, he's just one part of, of of the puzzle of U.S. soccer. So hopefully, we can gather more players with that gain this international experience or gain experience in this country. And and we can put together a good national team over the next eight years. You know, we it's a long term project. Right. We can't just look at one player this year, then say, oh, this player is great next year. You know, we just got to keep building and growing the game in the country. And it does seem like they have, aside from Christian, like some pretty decent young players that have come up through the like uh, the youth ranks. Am I right? They do. It's a good. It's a it's a good young core of players now coming in and. A lot of them are going overseas to play, and you know there's there's a good group from 18 to 21 um, that uh, hopefully will, will will be the future. Now, um, I, I read the Sports Illustrated article on Christian, which I thought was very well done. And obviously, you know the article only you know reports what they see, but he seems like a, a really normal kid, like just a kid kid. I mean, is that fair to say? Is that a, is that a fair description? He is. I mean, he's 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 a teenager. I mean, he's a pain in the butt sometimes to us, obviously, you know. But the the, the good thing about Christian, he's well liked by his teammates. You know, he he's a good person, and he, um, you know, he's handling all of this uh, as best he can. Sometimes it gets a bit too much for him, um, but we have to sit him down and we talk about how things can be better and different. Um, he's growing and learning as well um, how to handle this type of pressure and. And, uh, you know, we, we just try to be there for him. What are his teammates like with him? Because obviously Dortmund's a successful club, a very professionally run and coached club, but he's still 19, he's still an American, he's still a stranger in a strange land. 
What's the interaction like there? It was tough one. It was tough two years ago when he first broke into the first team. Um, fortunately, there were some veteran players that took him under his wing, and uh, we were very impressed by how they helped him and handle and how uh, how they handled having such a young American. You know, Christian learned the language very fast. Um, he he. It was a priority of his to learn the language, and that garnered a lot of respect from not only the players on Dortmund but also the fan base, because a lot of players go into other countries and don't bother to learn the language. Um, Christian was doing interviews at 17 in in, in German, and and uh, it's a great you know, PR move. And he, he committed to the to to being to being a part of the group, not only in the locker room, but also you know as part of the culture of the of the group of of the of the club of Borussia Dortmund. Who were some of the players that took him under his wing? Who who paid particular attention to him when he was a a younger player there? Yeah, the the biggest one was probably Nuri Shaheen, um, who's all currently with Dortmund. He was he played. I think Liverpool, Real Madrid, and yeah, he moved around a bit. But yeah, he started at Dortmund and came back to Dortmund. Yes, yes. And that, that that seems to be a good home for him. He does really well there. Yes, and he in, in, you know, if you talk to Christian, he'll probably mention him first and and really helped him get through those tough times as a young player. What uh, what what's next? I mean, uh, you know, he's in Dortmund's camp. You always hear the whispers, like you said earlier. Is there anything you anticipate happening, or is it just like uh, stay the course right now? I mean, we stay the course. I mean, right now, Christian's just very excited to be be back playing, and he wants to have a good season, and he works extremely hard. And, you know, tomorrow could be a new day, and, and tomorrow, you know, this is a business. You know, things can change within uh, 24 hours. So, but um, his head's down right now, and, and he's, he's continuing, and he's looking forward to coming to the U.S. on this tour. Yeah, this is going to be great on the 25th at Heinz Field, the, the game between Dortmund and, uh, and Benfica, because how often you get a chance to see – you know, a player like Christian, a, a U.S. national team member, and, and two great teams, su- such great tra- – that's what's great about this tour. These are the teams that, you know, I'm sure he grew up wanting to play for, wanting to watch. All these teams coming over, it's going to be awesome. It is. I mean, have, they're playing three great teams, so, you know, it'll be exciting. And uh, uh, Benfica in the Portuguese league is always very strong, and uh, it's it's uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun night and a uh, – and a great night to be over at the uh, stadium. Well, and one thing people don't get, people tend to look at these as exhibitions, which, you know, by definition they are. But these are guys on highly competitive teams playing for a place in the team. Like training camp for high-level teams are not meaningless. There there might be some teams where X amount of guys have spots guaranteed, but that's certainly not the case uh, many times, is it? No, and a lot of these teams will have played three, four preseason games. So as you get later in the preseason schedule, these games become more meaningful. You know, and any time you put on the jersey, like you said, you know, these guys are fighting for their jobs so they could start in the Bundesliga the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I don't think I've seen a non-competitive ICC game. and They go pretty hard. When's Dortmund going to un- unseat Munich? I want to see that happen sooner <laughs> or later. Yeah, it's not easy, you know. Well, they have won it. I mean, it's not like they yeah, never they, have. They, but they, have uh... they have won it, you know, the past few years. You know, it's uh, it's been more leaning towards Bayern, but... You know, they're, Dortmund's doing what they can and to try and turn the table. So, Well, guys, this was great. Thank you so much for taking the time. We look forward to seeing Christian in town on the 25th. That's Mark Pulisic, his lovely wife, Christian's mother, Kelly. Who was the better player between the two of you? Who scored more goals? I was a defender. I was a defender. So. But what does Christian say? Christian says, I don't know what Christian says. I'm the one, He got his speed from me. So, I, I'll have to agree with that. His athleticism's from her. I wasn't much of an athlete, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he scored more goals, but that was his job, not mine. Well, it sounds to me like Christian got the best of both worlds then, because he can score some goals. He did. He did. Very, very lucky boy.
Thanks, guys. I'm Mark Madden. It's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'll throw that person off the stage. Uh, hey, Mark. Love the stuff. I'll be here for you, just like you've always been here for me. VX at 105.9. I enjoyed that. Good to have Mark and uh, Kelly Pulisic in here, and uh, their kid's unbelievable. So uh, check out that game on the 25th, Dortmund against Benfica at Heinz Field. Brish is like, I don't know how to describe the German league. The whole German league's a feeder system for Bayern Munich. Like, all the good players go there eventually. Like, even the best players won Dortmund. Dortmund won the league a couple years in a row, and their best players went to Munich anyway, because that's where the money is. That's just how it goes, but uh, I thought it was admirable I didn't recruit uh, the Pulisic to Liverpool just just now. I, obviously, you want the kid to do what's best for him, and uh, they seem to have a pretty good grip on that, but boy, I'd love to see him in red. Time not to ask Mark anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood at Chapas, and it's located in the Strip. Try the Super Genius Burger. Let's go to John in Harmerville. John. Ask Mark anything. Yeah, I just had a question. I guess he's gone, but uh, I was curious to how important futsal was in Christian's development as a soccer player. That, that is a good question. I would suspect it was more of a uh, of a change of pace type thing, although Mark played in the uh, NPSL, which was one of the professional indoor leagues, and he scored a ton of goals. Yeah, I mean, especially for Pittsburgh, you know, we have winners, so you have you know, your options are limited for indoor soccer. That kid, Christian's been so good that wherever there was good weather, they wanted him to go there and play. I don't yeah. think I don't think the snow affected him too much. Plus, you know, like uh, the Pulisic said, he was a well-rounded athlete. He played a bunch of sports, which, by the way, and I'll do a whole segment on this sometimes, that's something that's gone by the wayside. High school athletes now specialize in one sport or the other, and that is costing a lot of kids a lot of fun, and a lot of opportunity. No question. Let's go to Andrew and Cranberry. Andrew, hey Mark, ask Mark anything. What's up? Yeah, I just wanted, I was curious to see who you thought was going to win the Golden Ball on Sunday for the World Cup. You mean the Golden Boots? No, uh, the Golden Ball is like the best player of the tournament. Are you sure about that? I thought the Golden Boot went to the leading score. There's an MVP award? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if France wins, it'll be Mbappe, don't you think? I would agree with that. I'm I'm kind of big on the guys, on Harold guys getting their due, like Conte or maybe Modric for Croatia. Oh, Conte has been a major factor as that as that stopper midfielder. He's been tremendous yeah. for them. But I think Mbappe will get it. I think if Croatia wins, Modric has a good chance. You know who else has a chance to win it? Believe it or not, who? Liverpool's Dejan Lovren. You think? Uh, he is, oh, seriously, he has taken a bunch of great forwards in this tournament and put them in his back pocket. If, if Croatia shuts France out, you watch. That's not beyond the realm of possibility, although I think France is going to win. Let's go to Drew in the car. Drew, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking the call. What up? Just wanted to see, uh, given the date today, what was your favorite Friday the 13th film? I've never seen one. What? I've never seen a Friday the 13th movie. Why? I'm not a big fan of the genre. I like, if it can't happen, I'm not interested. Like It could happen. Somebody could put a hockey mask on and kill people. Now, is, is Friday the 13th the Michael Myers one? 
No, it's Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask. Okay, Friday, what's the, Halloween's Michael Myers, right? Right. I saw one of those. I didn't like it. Sorry to hear that, Mark. Thanks for <laughs> No, I like the slasher stuff. I, I, I'm not a big fan. Let's go to the dude in the bowling alley. The dude abides here on the X. Double M, hey, uh, well, I was going to ask you if you thought I was going to win someday, but I think you just said France. Yeah, I do uh, think France is going to win, although I think it'll be a pretty tightly contested game. Yeah, so I, I really don't have anything to ask now. Sorry. That's it? I, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out of ideas right now. I'll get you next week, though. Okay, well, be sure to call back. That leaves the line open, 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Kim in the car. Kim, ask Mark anything. Um, once again, I'm a big fan of yours. Oh, good. But I always, I know you always support uh, wings and whatnot. So I wanted to know why don't you support fruity alcohol beverages for the ladies, or are you, or are you not allowed? That's kind of sexist. Um, why can't ladies eat wings and tater tots? Uh, well, just a nice, healthy, fruity drink. For instance, what kind of nice, healthy, fruity drink? Um, I'll say maybe like a sangria with kale in it or so, I per se. <laughs> yeah, I can't endorse that. Okay. Thank you for your time. No, thank you. You're- Although, Luis Garcia, he drinks sangria. He came from Barca to bring us goals. Liverpool song. But, but has he made it very clear he didn't drink sangria Despite that being in the song, it just happened to rhyme. And why didn't he drink sangria? Because he's a man, that's why. Am I back Monday? Yeah, I'm back Monday. Okay, good. Like I said, one day you'll turn on the radio, Adam Crowley will be on, and I'll be dead. 105.9.